0: So folks, welcome to Paranormal Roundtable, or PRT for short. My name is Josh Turner, also known as Wolf. I'm your host, and with me tonight is Nellie.
1: Hello.
0: And my nephew. Hello, everyone. Good evening. So we're back for uh, to do part two. We were talking about a tower that I worked in downtown in Austin. And uh, so this is part two of that. Before we get into that, though, remember um we have a live stream that we do every tuesday on youtube and uh it's there's it's been pretty interesting we've had some pretty interesting stuff going on over there and remember the art contest that ends today actually folks with the mothman so get your mothman in and we'll see uh, who wins $100 first prize $50 uh second prize $25 third prize and you get some prt swag and, uh, you know, you can tell everybody how, how great of an artist you are because you, you entered our, our contest and you won. And what, what, what is a contest for other than to gloat and to brag? Anyways, that being said, kids, that is a life lesson for you all, okay? Gloating and bragging, that's why you win. That's why winning is important. There's no, there's no trophy, participation trophy. Get out of here. Okay? You ain't first, you're last. You're right. You ain't first, you're nothing. Second place is
1: just the first loser.
0: You're the dirt at the bottom of someone's feet if you if you lose. I'm just kidding, folks. We give participation trophies to all you little brats that don't do nothing. You know how it
1: goes. Make them feel special for their mediocrity.
0: That's right. <laughs> That's exactly
1: right. <laughs> I remember getting one of those when I was a kid and back then I didn't understand it. I was like, why did I get this this trophy for catching a fish? I didn't catch no fish. <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. You did a contest. But I, but, but I, I participated
1: in trying to catch a fish, so I got a trophy. Yeah, I remember that. I don't. Even, I think I threw it away at some point. I don't even know what I did with it. That was it. you and
0: your dad, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. You were mad. Yeah, and even your dad was like, why, why do you get a trophy for that? Oh, oh well. If, if if that ever happened and I got a trophy for just showing up, my dad probably would have hit me with it. And he probably would have beat the people that gave it to because my dad was like, if I made mistakes and stuff, like, no, there was no, it was like he would tell me how, what of a piece of crap I was for dropping that ball or not making whatever it was, you know. But, uh, folks, here we go. It's brtpodcast.com. That's our website. We are on several different platforms. Uh, even if you listen to us on Spotify, go over to YouTube and do us a favor and subscribe, like and subscribe, like the videos. Um and if you're on uh YouTube go over to Spotify and download the videos because that helps us either way. And uh so we're trying to uh you know build our, our our brand and we sell merchandise on the PRT website. Uh my email address, get in touch with me, is Josh Turner. Josh Turner at PRTPodcast.com. com. Josh Turner at PRTPodcast.com. dot com. We have groups, Nelly, your group? Paranormal Lounge. Paranormal Lounge. And Tony has Paranormal Encounters. I I and we all have Paranormal Roundtable. And of course we are affiliated with Ryan Tremblay. He's a great cryptid researcher. He's got a Whisper to a Scream podcast, uh, which has is not really doing much right now because he's got some situ he's got a situation with his mother. Um, so, you know, please continue to say prayers for, for his mother and uh and my mother too. So that being said, we're going to get into uh, part two of the show, but I wanted to to, to say one other thing. Um, you can also reach me on Messenger, on Facebook. So even if you're not on a, a big Facebook person, if you join the groups, you can stay abreast of what's going on in the world of Paranormal Roundtable, and uh, there's going to be a lot of cool shows coming up for a lot of different topics, a lot of different subjects, um, the live streams have been pretty big lately on tu- on Tuesdays at 7.30, about 7.30 to 8.00. We do a live stream every Tuesday on YouTube. So come check those out. And uh, with that being said, we're going to get right back into uh, part two of our story from la- – uh, continuing from our stories from last week. This was a very – this I- – I saw something on camera that looked like a man wander into the parking garage. And I was like, okay, now I got to go deal with this. So I walk out there. Um, You had to do a 20-minute round in the parking garage every four hours. So it was basically two, 20-minute, you know, whatever. And so uh, I walked out into the parking garage because we had a patrol that would go through there pretty regularly. And uh, one of the patrol officers at the uh, office, when I went to get my check, because we got paid weekly there. That was another good thing. That was one of the reasons why I stayed, too. And uh, he told me after my first week, I was already getting my second check. I guess I I was getting my check there or whatever, the first check, you know. And uh, he told me, he said, you know, there's a a, a ghost in that parking garage. I've seen it. And uh, and, and the guy's name was... uh, denny or something like that and so but he was kind of a goofball and i thought this guy's you know he's got these huge no offense but anybody wears glasses but y'all wear glasses but he's got these huge coke bottle glasses okay so i'm thinking how does this kid know what a ghost this dude's eyes are so bad you know and so i was kind of laughing and my friend ty we had gotten the job together we both were working there and uh, Ty didn't really need to work. Ty was actually a very wealthy. He was from Cripple Creek, Colorado, and uh, his family actually had a lot of money, um, and or he 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 had his family had inherited a bunch of money. I guess silver mines or something. I don't know the whole story, but I guess they told him, "Hey, you need to go and make your way in the world and make a living before we give you all this money or whatever." So he, he didn't really need to work. Um, and I tried to get him to come and work part-time at that site. He was like, no way, man. I've heard too many bad stories. So we're being told about this from this, this a patrol guy telling us that he saw a, a ghost in, in the parking garage. So I stopped him. I said, time out. I put my hand up. Time out. I don't want to know. I don't want to hear anything. I'm, I have to work there, you know. And he's like, dude, transfer to another building. And I was like, no way. The other jobs pay like $2 less per hour. I said, I need this job. I got to make it. I can't afford to not have this job. And he goes, I wouldn't work there for any money. And eventually I kind of figured out and he was right. So here's what happened. I was walking around looking for this guy. And you know how you walk on, on one side of, this, of the uh, parking garage and you can look and you can see people's legs, you know, when they're walking, going down the opposite way. Yeah. So I'm making my way up and I hear – loud boots, okay? Now, when the guy walked in to the into the parking garage, it was real quick. It was, like, fast, like, almost, like, blurry. And he was wearing, like, a, a grayish-looking overcoat and, like, I, his pants, I can't remember, like, if they had a stripe on them or not. I can't remember that. I just remember they were, like, blue, and he was walking, and I saw, like, boots, and he was walking. And so I walked... Out of the uh of the off the fourth floor, go into the park garage and I started walking up, doing my round, and I heard it. And I heard I heard somebody whistling. There was somebody there. They were whistling, and I could hear them, and I was like walking around trying to find them, and I kept saying, Hey. And and a couple times I saw like black boots going, you know, the opposite direction. And I'm going, like, okay, I know you hear me. So I started kind of running to try to catch this person. And I finally get, you know, to where I thought I was caught up with him. And I see what looks like a, a dude wearing a gray overcoat, jumping from one part of the parking garage, going down through the, the metal cables, jumping down into the lower part. And I'm like, hey, so I go running over there and, and I see him moving. Okay. And I see him run across, not, but it was weird how he ran. It was like He moved not really ran. I don't know how to describe it. Like he moved real quick and then he was across the the parking lot. And when I ducked down to look, there was nobody there. So I climbed down the same way and I, and I looked both ways. I didn't see anything. And I got a good description of him. He had like blondish, like sandy blonde hair. He was wearing like a uh, weird looking glasses. Um, like the, the real, almost like you can all, they're like his little like gold wiring looking glasses, you know? Yeah. Um. Like I, I saw that much of him because he looked right up at me. He had beady little eyes and a mustache and a beard. um, Had a gray overcoat on. And he looked like a Confederate soldier. uh, Like a cavalryman is what he looked like. And his boots had the little deals hanging off of them. And I recognized that. So my first instinct was, okay, this is some sort of like actor, you know how people, they, they do reenactments and stuff. And no. I thought that's what this guy is. Maybe he's homeless and that's, you know.
1: A reenactor who knows parkour. Yeah. Yeah. And, running reenactor. So
0: I, uh, I, I went back in and, uh, I called up, uh, Donnie. He was still awake and, uh, he, he said, you know, he's like, you know what? I'll be up there in that area, you know, in, in, in a little while, you know, cause I, I, am working the morning shift, so I'll come in and, and I'll come in early. So he was nice. So he came in. He brought me breakfast. He he was there for about two hours early, and we sat there and we BS and whatever. And he says, "I'm going to show you something." And uh, he goes, "But you got to promise me that you're not going to tell anybody." And so he showed me the on the cameras. Now, now, th- whoever made this building, they were super paranoid because they had cameras everywhere in that building. I mean, they were everywhere. And there were there were thirty monitors inside the control room, and each one of them had like you know two sections, you know, you know what I mean. There was like there was all these, and you flip switches and they went to different cameras, and there was like over I, I think there was like over a hundred cameras in that place. <clears throat> so this person was very uh, they 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 claimed that he was a very paranoid schizophrenic type person with OCD. Um, he did have a kid who was not, I wouldn't call it autistic. It was, he had a kid that was special needs. Um. So, and, and they said that he would play and stuff, you know, in the building. Uh, so anyways, there were all these cameras and so he says, let me show you something. And so he turned on one of the cameras and he played a, I guess it's something that had been vid- a, a videotape. He popped it in, he played it. And what I saw Folks, what I'm going to tell you, I saw on camera, I think this would probably have been the first time in my life I ever saw anything like this. Um, I saw somebody come out of an ele- out of the elevator, dressed like they were at, at a party at the Great Gatsby or something. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was like.
1: Yeah, like in period clothing.
0: Yeah, in period clothing. And he was wearing black. He had the tassels and, and the little cane. And it looked like, you know, something goofy, you know, like out of a 1930s movie or something, you know. And uh, and the guy kind of wanders around, you know, and he's got white hair. I remember that. And he had a little top hat. And he kind of walks down the hallway, and he's moving his cane back and forth. And he's, it almost looks like he's, like, you know, shuffling back and forth. And it kind of made me laugh at first. I was all like, what is this, you know? And he goes, just watch. And so he gets toward the end of the hallway, and I'll never forget uh, – he looks up at the camera like he sees you. Okay. Like he knows you're looking. And he points his cane at the camera. He takes a right into the wall and disappears. Now, this was in the early 90s, guys. This wasn't like, you know, mid nineties, I guess. This was there wasn't like all this computer you could, you know, make stuff CGI. up. Yeah. And so I was like, I said, Donald, what did I just look at? And he goes, That's a ghost, dude. <clears throat> and so I said, uh, that guy just came out of the elevator, kind of danced around the hallway, ha- had a <clears> – <throat> yeah, he had like a devil beard too, like the devil mustache with the devil beard, but it was white. He points at the camera kind of like, you know, and then moves into the – hall into. so I thought – I was like, this has to be some kind of a trick or <clears> – <throat> so I watched it two or three times. It gave me the chills. And uh, I was like, I can't, I can't believe this. This is weird, you know. So I get home, I call Zach, and uh, he didn't, he didn't answer. He called me back, you know, and we talked, and I and I told Zach about the footage of the. Can- he goes, Oh yeah, that's not the only one. We got a couple others. And then he goes, Did he show you the girl? And I was like, No. And he goes, Well, there's another one of a girl, you know. There's a, there's a woman or whatever. Um, I made the decision right then that I didn't want to see it. Because even though I was interested in the paranormal to to some degree because I had had the dogman encounter, I was not interested in being terrified at my job, you know. And I just was like, you know what, I, I don't want to see it. It made me almost feel like throwing up because I was so uh, – just so – it shook me up, you know what I mean? Now, folks, I started having dreams. At this point, I had I was already having dreams about Dog Man. Like like peri- periodically, I'd have these weird dreams. Those dreams ramped up big time. I started having them nightly. I started having dreams where I was killing myself, not in a suicidal way, but like I would be chased by something on a horse, and I would turn and then like I would try to fight it, and if and usually it would stick me or cut me, and then I'd wake up. Once or twice I managed to knock this entity off the horse and I would cut its head off and it would be me. The head would roll over and it would be me. And I would be like, "Whoa, what the heck?" And then there was this one where I got shoved into like an open grave and dirt started being rained down on top of me and I looked up and it was me. Um and I was like, "Whoa, this is weird. Why am I having these dreams?" You know, and then I had this dream where there was this wolf-like creature you know was was popping up into the weeds and he kept getting closer and closer and i couldn't get inside the cabin to get away from him and then when it leapt up on top of me like it started fighting with me and biting me and then i look up and the skin starts to fall away and it was me um so i was having these like terrifying dreams and, and and then i had this dreams of this weird guy who had to have been like seven foot tall and he wore this weird looking hat um Funny that we were talking about the Amish, you know, but he had like this like either like how, how, how a Jewish hat or like an Amish hat, like how they wear the, the Orthodox Jews or the Amish would wear. He had a hat like that. It was weird. It was like a hat and like he had a pilgrim this, hat. Yeah, like kinda like that, but but it was rounder, you know, and then he had like this weird looking beard, you know, and so he I kept seeing him and he had like rotting teeth and his eyes were real sunken in and his face looked gaunt but his body was like muscular but like weird muscular like he was hairy and i kept seeing this guy in my dreams and i i fell asleep in the control room one time and i heard like a knocking like on the glass it, there was like a glass that you could see you know, into the control room from the from the ramp and i opened my eyes and clear as day like i saw this that guy standing there and he looked like he was, like, sweating, like he'd been working out in a field or something. And he had these really big arms, like I said, but this weird gaunt-looking face. And he was wearing the weird-looking hat. And he was staring at me, and he was shaking his head back and forth. And when he smiled, I, uh, I saw, like, a like his rotting teeth. Um, and I was just – and I fell backwards in my chair and almost bust my head open. And I jumped up, and he was gone. And, uh, so yeah, I had, that th- That was one of the things, you know, and so I had talked to this guy, Zach, that worked there and I, I asked him about this particular individual and he claims to have drawn him. And, uh, thank goodness I didn't actually see that particular drawing. Um, but yeah, he said that that was one of the things that he was dreaming about, like too, it was happening to him too, but it didn't seem to bother him. Like it was almost like, um. He had, he had found a way to cope with it and like deal with it. And another thing too, and and I really believe this and I don't blame these guys, but I think that when I started working there, the focus all went to me. You know what I mean? Like I, they, they didn't, they were not having a bunch of problems. So it was just me. And, and whenever we'd hire a new guy, which was every week, they would last two days, maybe a shift and then they would quit. Um, so I had all these terrifying dreams, you know, and the, the most that Donald told me, you know, he goes, I haven't been seeing much lately. It's just shadows in particular on the 11th floor. Um, the 11th floor was built like a maze, which if you can even believe that it's so weird, dude. You ever seen, well, have you ever seen the wizard of Oz, how it starts off and it's like just like this point and then the, the bricks widen out and it becomes the road. Yeah. When you get off the elevator and you go into the first, uh, like like lobby, there's like a red like and it just turns into like a giant like like you know swirl. Swirl. And then you have to kind of find you have to look for the exit signs to find your way out. And there was this lady that worked there uh and she told me, now here's a really weird thing. She was working in the and it was like, you know, one in the morning and I was startled. I went into the eleventh floor and she was sitting there um actually this was I think my, the beginning of my third week, and she, and she was sitting there, and she was like uh, saying, oh, hey, how's it going? And she was typing on a computer, and uh, I was like, oh, I'm just doing my rounds, you know, and I turned, and I got around the corner, you know, and I looked back, and I thought that she had disappeared, and so I was kind of freaked out, so I was like, whoa. So then she stuck her head back around the corner, and she was like, are you okay? And I'm like, no, 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 I just, you know, I was, relief. I was so used to, she was a real person, I was like, okay, this is, you know, this is good. So I, I took off and I walked and I did my round and I was gonna say goodbye when I went around, went back around and then it struck me that the alarm had not gone off. So, like this person, like they weren't there when I did my first round. There was nobody. Everybody had left. The cleaning people had left. So how did this person get into the building? So then I went back down. I looked and there was nothing on 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 the the printout. So I had to go back up and find out, you know, so I go up to the 11th floor and I searched the 11th floor and I said, okay, that's weird. So just to be safe, I went up to the 12th floor, which was actually unoccupied. It was just a bunch of gym equipment. And, uh, so I went back down or I'm wrong. The 10th floor was the gym equipment. So I went up to the 12th floor uh to 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 do the round whatever i didn't see anything and i went back down to the 11th floor didn't see anything went back down to the 10th floor didn't see anything and then i got in the elevator and just said okay you know what i don't know where this person went um she looked like a flesh and blood person to me uh the next day i w- i was up on the uh 10th floor on, on the 12th floor which was the floor above that 11th floor where i originally saw her and as i'm walking by i look over and i see a person sitting at a desk typing. And I look and it's the same woman, but it's a different floor. And so at that point I was like, uh, excuse me, ma'am. And she was like, yes, can I help you? And she was very polite she was wearing like normal clothes. She wasn't dressed like she was from another time or anything. And I said, didn't I, didn't I see you on the 11th floor, you know, yesterday, last night? And she's like, no, I don't believe so. And I was like, pretty sure I did. And when I came around the corner, um, you know, you got up and she was like looking at me like I was from outer space. I said, "Okay." I was like, ma'am, you know, I'm pretty sure I saw you yesterday working on the 11th floor. These are two totally different, you know, different things. That's that's a lawyer's office and this is an insurance, you know, whatever.
1: Was she wearing the same clothes?
0: No, she wasn't. No, I remember that because it, like it was like a flower dress or something. Mm-hmm. And then the day before, it was just like a red dress, which I thought was weird because the red matched the the weird red carpet that was on the 11th floor. And who puts red carpet on it? It's so tacky and gross. It looked like the Stanley. Yeah, it looked like the, uh, the shining, shining or herself. something. Yeah.
1: yeah, there's no context in which the red carpet looks good.
0: Doesn't. No, it doesn't. And so she looked at me with this angry look. And she was very stern, and she was like, "I was not on the eleventh floor last night." She's like, "Now, young man, I need to do my job." And so I, her assertiveness, kind of, you know, I, I just backed off. I was like, "Okay, I don't want to aggravate this person." I'm like, "Okay, ma'am, I guess I'm mistaken." <clears throat> I turned to to walk off, and I cut I cut around the corner, and for some reason, I just kind of stood there, and I and I just thought. I'm going to look back, and I did, and she was gone. Now, this time, I walked back over there to where the desk was, where she was at. There was nobody there, and I looked under the desk. I looked everywhere. I searched all over that floor. There was nothing there. But in the distance, and I say in the distance, like off near the elevator lobby, you know, I heard, like, a laugh, like somebody laugh, like a female laugh, like something was laughing at me.
1: Yeah. So
0: that was pretty disturbing. Um, that's what I call the phantom receptionist. I asked the other guys about it. They had not had an incident like that on those floors, but I believe one of the guards told me, uh a guy named Amir that worked there a very short period of time, that he saw something like that, but it was like on the seventh floor, and it was a woman that walked by him, and she, she was carrying a bunch of papers, and it was like two in the morning, and he turned and looked, and she was gone. Um, he actually lasted a couple weeks, which was shocking. Um, and he actually, he, he took three days and I took four because I was so tired and of being in that place. Um, he saw the ghost in the parking garage too. He claims that he saw the same exact thing I did and it vanished like right before his eyes as he got close to it. Um, he saw his headlights go through it. Uh, so the, but the, the soldier in the parking garage. Never would go in the building, but sometimes people would see him in the alley. And sometimes they would smell cigarette smoke, and it looked like he was smoking what looked like a home rolled cigarette. Not, you know, marijuana, but a cigarette. And uh, so here's another interesting thing. The toilets would flush all the time by themselves. I would be walking through one of the floors, and I would even hear coughing in the restrooms, in particular the women's restrooms. And on the uh I believe it was the ninth floor, there was uh several incidents with uh females um being accosted in the in that in that bathroom in the elevator lobby area. Uh one thing that happened, um there was a woman who claimed that and she, she filled out we filled out a report for her, an incident report. She came down to the control room and was complaining, and it was right during shift change at three o'clock. I was doing a swing shift that day. And, uh, she came down and was like, something grabbed me in the ninth floor, um, bathroom. She went in the light she turned the light on, went in, and then the light went off and she, something walked up, up right up on her and was breathing on her. And now Nellie, I, you know, this, I told you this story. Okay. As a woman, <laughs> Something comes up. What would you do in the bathroom if somebody, if something like that happened to you?
1: Me, I'd I'd probably pass out and probably faint.
0: Yeah. Well, this woman. I couldn't move, that's for sure. Yeah. I mean, she, she, she just like left the water running, everything left her makeup. She had like a little, like a whatever. She was touching it up. She just left everything and just ran out. So we went up into the ninth floor and we went and we retrieved her things. Um, I didn't feel anything. I didn't see anything. Um, I didn't. It did nothing. It was just you know. We just grabbed her stuff and came back down. And Zach was just like, "Well, just another day, you know. This is what happens here." You got and a
1: pervert ghost. Pervert
0: ghost. But he said that uh, he goes. There was a, there was a much more terrifying incident that happened there. Now he gave me this story. He told me um, that. Uh, he told me that uh, one time there was a woman that went into that bathroom and that she was grabbed by something in the stall and was, was basically being pulled into the stall and not being let go. Mm-mm. And they had to search the entire building because they thought it was a like a perp that was in there running around, um, you know, who had accosted her. Uh, she was very adamant that it was not something human. Uh, you saw it? She didn't see it because it was pitch dark. The light would go off.
1: She said it was cold hands or something? Uh,
0: yeah, well, something like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the the and it was grabbing her, okay. So in that in that bathroom, the women had kind of gotten used to like going to get going in twos and stuff. So here's what happened to me. I was walking by the ninth floor bathroom and I hear what I thought was crying. Um, like a woman was in there crying, and I thought, "Oh man, somebody's here," you know, because it wasn't unheard of that somebody might be there. It was toward the start of my shift, and I start. I just decided I was going to do my go through the horror of the tower early and get it over with because I hated going up in that tower. To this day, it's one of the most horrifying, like most awful things that I've just. I will just being in that tower, just being up in that tower, was just one of the the, the most worst things that I've ever had to do. You know, and if I didn't need the money so bad, I would have just left a long time ago. You know, and and so I just anyways, I I want to I I heard the crying and I thought, okay, there's somebody here or maybe not because you don't really know. And then I heard the toilet flush. And so I thought, okay, there's somebody in there. So I knock on there and I'm like security. I'm like, ma'am, you know, you don't want to just walk in in the female's bathroom. Then the crying stopped and I heard like what sounded like somebody run toward the door. And so I backed up, and I thought, "Oh gosh!" And so I was so done and aggravated with everything in that building that I just walked off. I didn't even bother to open the door to see that nobody was there, or to get grabbed by something, you know.
1: Yeah, you you know the drill at this point.
0: It was it was like battle fatigue, dude. I mean, you're just like, you know what? I'm tired of this. Um, you know, I'm not I'm just not going to deal with it. I'm not going to put up with it, and. So another incident that happened to me, um, this was probably like by the third or fourth week, twice something was thrown at me from the darkness. Once it was a small staple, you know, the staple remover thingies. Um, You know how you take the little Mm. things, whatever. I I believe that's what it was. I just looked and I saw it laying there and I just, it, it flew at me from across the room. I think on one of the floors, like the sixth floor or something. And I just walked out. Here's a funny one. I went into – I think it was the 14th floor. There was the cable office there, and they had like the whole floor. It was kind of theirs. It was the – it was a cable company that was that was a large cable company. Um, and it was the cable company before the one we have now. It was way back. And there was a stuffed animal. Like uh, the people at the reception, they had these little stuffed animals, and one of them was like a, a duck, like a – I think it was like Donald Duck or Daffy Duck. I don't even remember. And uh, as I turned around, something binged me in the back of the head. And uh, I turned around and I was like, you know, it was just kind of funny. I mean, I looked down and I see this stuffed animal. And uh, if I remember correctly, it was Donald Duck. Um, But anyway, I looked down and I was like, that's weird. And compared to like some of the other things that I'd gone through, I thought, that's it. You know, so I just kind of closed the door, locked it. Um, one of the things that you remember when we worked at child Inc, do you remember how you would walk along the wall and you would hear something almost like it would like following you like on the other side of the wall when yeah. you were outside, this was a very common thing folks at a place we worked at called child Inc. We walk and we would hear knocking on the other side of the wall as you're walking along it. Now that's something I experienced on a few occasions in this particular building. Um, one time, now I did find a place that I could go and, and uh, crash out so I could kind of make the time go when I was up in the tower, and that was in this dentist's office. And so I was in that dentist's office one day, and on the wall, there was a beautiful painting of, of Comanches hunting buffalo. It was a very large oil painting. And uh, <clears throat> I would lay down on the couch with my headphones on, and I would um, go to sleep take a little nap, 20, 30 minutes, you know? And, uh, I know that's not good security, but in a place like that, it's the only thing you can do to try to stay sane. And one day I was laying there and I look up at that picture and I thought, man, that picture is going to fall on me. And so I just had this overwhelming urge to get up and just get up off the, the couch. And I did. And when I did, it fell and it came crashing down right on top of the couch. And so I just booked out of there and left. Now, I did tell a story um, about what happened to one of the guards that worked there uh, on my show. And I can't remember if it was a Halloween episode that we talked about this or if it was a uh, uh, potluck. I can't remember. But there was this weird humanoidal type winged creature that, that somebody saw on the window, on the outside window. Of the 11th floor in in that, yeah. And so, uh, or not in the 11th floor, it was on that dentist's office or whatever. But, uh, yeah, and so, I don't know, folks, I'm not going to get into all that. You can go back and and try to find that episode or whatever. Um, But there was, yeah, there was an incident like that. I didn't see anything like that. Uh, But I had another guard who had had told me, uh, the guy Zach, who had told me about the eleventh floor, and about uh going to sleep and knocking off up there. You can say so you can just go up there and knock out, you know. And uh he said that one night he was asleep in that dentist's office and he heard what sounded like a jet flying by the window of that of that. And it was like he said it was so loud, the roar was so loud, and he said it shook the building. So he got up and he walked, you know, down the hallway up to the to the window and he looked out and he didn't see anything and you know he goes i didn't see anything you know he goes it's not like you hear a jet, like a jet's up in the sky and it's just making an echo he goes it was like the roaring of engines like 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 right there like it was just right there and it was shaking the the building the glass everything and uh so one night when i was asleep in there i did experience that like i i heard this roaring like you know Um, and I opened my eyes and everything was moving. It was almost like an earthquake. And I was like, Whoa. And then it just stopped real quick. Just like all of a sudden it stopped. And so after that, I quit sleeping in that. I quit going in there and going to sleep. I did find another place though, that was kind of a sanctuary spot to go to sleep. Um, and that was on the, I believe the fifth floor, there was a, uh, like a little utility closet. Now here's another terrifying incident that happened to me. I was doing my rounds and I heard that knocking going like along the wall. And it was just like, 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 just like, like repeated small little knocks all the way down the wall. And so I, I decided to challenge it, which was probably stupid, but I was.
1: That's never a good idea.
0: Yeah. And so I was I was aggravated and uh was a little bit uh just just fed up. And so I was like, you know what, F you, why don't you show yourself? Mm-mm. Um so it did. <laughs> so I looked down the hallway and I see what looks like a really skinny it looks like a really skinny, tall guy. Like he he, he was a Caucasian looking dude, but he had the weirdest looking grin on his face. And he was just walking down the hallway, and he waved. Like, he lifted up his hand, like, hey, how's it going? And just started walking down the hallway, and he was holding, like, a, a, a briefcase.
1: Coming towards you?
0: Yeah. So, I kind of, at first, I was freaked out because I just said that. And this was in the, this was in daylight. This was in the daytime on the weekend, like on a Sunday. There was hardly anybody there. But people, it wasn't a hurdle, of people would come in. So I thought, okay, this is on a Sunday. It's in the daytime. This guy probably just came up from the fourth floor parking garage, and he probably just came up through the stairwell. And it, maybe it's a coincidence that I said that, and the the, the spirit or weird ghosts, whatever the weird noises were, it's just a coincidence this guy started walking toward me. As he got closer, I started to notice that his eyes were completely black. Like, I saw that. And so instead of standing there as he got about 10 feet away from me, I just ducked into the utility closet and I closed the door and I locked it. And, uh, you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. It's just, um, somebody started messing with the door handle while I'm standing there in a the utility closet. I'm not a a, a wimpy guy. I even at that young age. And so I, I, didn't know what to do. So I just went to the back of the utility closet. There was a little TV there. So I just turned the TV on real loud and I just sat there and uh, I didn't move. I just sat there watching TV and the door, they kept messing with the door. And then I heard scratching at the door that was getting louder than the TV. And I didn't have the phone because it needed to to charge or whatever. So I was stuck in that utility closet and I sat there for about two hours, uh, maybe three you know, just looking at, you know, reruns of TV shows or whatever I get, what was on TV. Um, and I just don't even remember what I was watching. And, uh, eventually I got the nerve to go out. There was only one way in, one way out, you know, so I, I opened the door and I walked out and to this day that was a very, like, I still get, I get kind of, you know, it was just, uh,
1: so that was scary. How long did he did whatever it was? How long did it mess with the door handle? Because you were in there for two, three hours. But how um, long did that...
0: probably thirty minutes, twenty, thirty minutes? Maybe there was kicking and scratching. No words.
1: Did it bang on the door?
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, it banged on the door.
1: Did it ever say anything? Speak?
0: Nope. No. No words. No words. Um, so anyways, that, that was during a double. Yeah. So that's great. Yeah. So that was nice. I had to be up in the tower twice that night that, 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 that was, here's the thing though, you know, whatever you would find on one floor wasn't necessarily like on another floor other than that lady at that time. It was like each floor had its own circus going on. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like there were certain, and, and, and the other guards that were there. Now, here's the thing. I read the guard log. The guard log was full of terror. You know, I mean, if you wanted to get scared, read the guard log. It would. It was. The, it was the notes.
1: They wrote you know, down what they were seeing. And oh yeah, there was people.
0: There were some guards that wrote down things like you know they they saw somebody and then they disappeared and what was the did, scariest did thing you ever them. read from that? Um, that 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 one of the one guy was actually attacked. That something had slapped his face. Oh. Um, there was a, there was a time when they were doing some construction on the top, uh, floor and there were two guards. I read this, um, one guard had gone up to check an alarm that had popped up on the, the top floor. The other guard was watching him on the camera. He saw somebody walk out of the shadows, basically out of the darkness uh, and, and following the other guard around. And he was radioing to that guard. Hey, there's somebody behind you. And the guard was turning around and didn't see anybody. But he could see it on camera. Now, that is actually on camera. That was the other ghost that I saw because Zach showed me that. Like one day I said, hey, I, you know, I got brave and I asked him about the other spirits. And he said, he goes, you don't want to see the one that they call the witch. Um, it was like a woman. But he said it, it was if you if you don't want to be scared, don't, you know. He said, but there is one where there's a there's this like – entity this guy you can see through him and he's like following the other dude around um now i did see that i saw the incident i watched it on camera the guy goes up and there's something walking around behind him and it looks like uh not it looks like a full-bited apparition like you can't make out like features and stuff you know what i mean but you can tell it's a person does it make sense yeah and uh so that was that was not that was That was a mess Um, because that really messed with me too. I didn't, you know, so every time I'd go up to that top floor, I'm thinking about this, you know, this whatever. There were times when I could hear footsteps following me, you know, something following me. Every now and then I'd have my regular friends show up and and I'd take them up into the building and uh, stuff would happen. Now, on that episode that I did with Tony Duran, uh, he came up there once. And we heard what we thought were voices, you know. And uh, that still didn't discourage him, though, from getting a job there. You know, he was a poor Southside Austin kid. He needed a job. So when I quit, you know, he he went and worked there. And, uh, yeah, he had a, his, his own stuff happen there. Um, My friend Oscar, who was with us in the car. Now, you've met him, Anthony. Yeah. And he's told you the story of the hellhound things that we saw in Taylor. He went up there with me. And we went to the top floor, and when we were sitting on the helicopter landing pad at the very top, we heard, like, there was gravel all around the base of it. We heard, like, walking, like somebody walking. And uh, we looked over the side. He was on one side. I was on the other, and we didn't see anybody. And uh, then we heard somebody open the penthouse door. And uh, like they left, or something, it was weird, and then, when we followed we went back down, and I thought that somebody had come up there to check on us um so I told him, I said, "Hey, stay up here because in case my boss you know the the night captain were to show up, you know he might I might get in trouble or whatever, so I went down and I went into the stairwell, and I heard somebody call my name, and they called my nickname, and uh so I thought it was him because it sounded like him. So I said, hey, come down here to where I'm at. And I heard the footsteps coming down to where I'm at. Then they just stopped. And I'm going like, where is he at? So I walked back up and went back up into the penthouse and then back up into the roof. He was outside on the ledge because you could walk around the ledge. Like I said, you know, there was room for a person to walk, you know. And uh, he was out on the ledge. And uh, he was uh, literally kind of hiding And I asked him why he was hiding. He says, well, I heard somebody come up, and they were saying your name. And he goes, so I thought that somebody was looking for you. It might be one of your bosses, so I I was hiding. So that was weird, you know. And, uh, yeah, so. And then he came up there another time with his girlfriend. And something very similar to what happened to Zach's girlfriend. Something touched her back. And so she ran and took off and didn't, you know, went and jumped in the car and stayed away, you know, stayed. She didn't come back in. Um, I come in one time and that guy, Amir, that had, that had worked there for a very short period of time, he was in the cage uh, asleep in his car. I uh, I came up there because I started getting phone calls from, from the building. Um, caller ID at that time, you have caller ID. And it was showing that it, that it was coming from from – the building from the control room in particular. And I thought, why am I getting phone calls at two in the morning on my day off? And when I try to call back, I figured it was the guard. Nobody answered. So eventually after the, the, because I had three days off, you know, four days on, three days off, I figured it was him. So he needed help. So I drove up there. He was in the cage in his car asleep. And I asked him, I said, you know, did you call me? He goes, no. And I'm like, well, why are you out here in your car? He goes, I've been out here since one o'clock sleep. He's like, because the phone wouldn't stop ringing, and there's nobody on the other line. What? And I said, okay, because somebody's been calling me. And he's like, he's like, he goes, my friend, this place is cursed. He's like, this is my last night.
1: <laughs> the building was calling you on your days off.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. And I and and I can I can verify. I had friends. Um, that I said after this day, uh, you know, that were with me when we would get calls, the girl that I was dating at the time, um, she went with me up there, you know, on more than one occasion because I got calls, get this, from the building at her house.
1: Did you ever answer any of them?
0: Yeah, we did. Nobody would talk. There was nobody. You'd hear crackling noises. That's it and they they began to call her house um i s- stayed a couple nights at my mom's cuz my apartment had to get fumigated and uh i got calls over there and then they continued over there at her house i mean it was like this thing was messing with me or following me um you know i would always feel like something was following me around the footsteps in the stairwell it was just a constant thing you know um I mean, it was just—it was all the time. It was like nonstop with this, you know. When it would, when it was active, it was active. You know what I mean? You might have a day, maybe two, where nothing happens. But when you, when something happened, you knew that that night was going to be—that's what was going to happen.
1: Yeah, set set the tone for the night. Hmm. Um.
0: There was a convenience store that was right on the corner. And I would go there every night, and I would talk to uh, the guy that worked there on the overnight shift. Uh, Usually it was this Japanese guy, and there was this uh, black lady that worked there, and they were both very cool. I got along with them real good. Uh, The woman, she was like getting ready to quit um, when I first met her. So she was only there for about maybe three weeks. And then there was this kind of burnout kid that worked there. Um, but I asked her why she was quitting and she said, cause this, this MFR is haunted was her response. And, and I was like, I was like, you know, what, what, uh, what do you mean? It's, you know, she's like, I'll be putting stuff on the shelf and the, and it, and it falls off. I was stocking Gatorade and one flew off, you know, um, you know, I was stocking cookies and, you know, I come back and they're opening on the floor. I mean, stuff like that. And then she said that the worst thing that ever happened to her was that something held the door while she was in the freezer. Oh, no. It wouldn't let her out. And she said that it was like she was in there for a long time and she was yelling and and trying to make noise. Back
1: before the days of cell phones in your pocket. Yeah.
0: And so she was just she was freaking out and she was slamming and she said that was it for me. So she put in her notice and she said that her friend was the manager. I got to I got to know him too. He told me some crazy
1: stories. It was nice enough to put in a notice. That would have been done that night.
0: Well, yeah, because it was her friend. That's the only reason she oh, did. Okay. She said, my, my my best friend, you know, of, of however many years or whatever, and that's why she was um gonna gonna you know, she said, But I, I won't go in that freezer, you know. So here's another thing that happened to me. Um I was walking around on the 10th floor because it was a bunch of gym equipment. And, you know, believe it or not, it was like abandoned. It was like they had a gym there and it took up the entire floor. But it was just like it was it was just sitting there. It wasn't being used. So I would actually go in there and work out sometimes. I mean, and and nothing ever happened to me there until one night. And uh, part part, there was one side where there was gym equipment and it was Um, dark, but there was like, there was like one light toward the back and it illuminated it enough to where you could see. But the other side of the floor was, was nothing. It was just like desks, furniture, stuff like, like storage. And, uh, there was nothing, there was nobody there. And, but sometimes I'd be working out and, uh, well really only one time, actually, I heard something on that other side. And that was because after my workout, there was a couch a nice leather couch there. And I laid down and I started to drift off and I heard a loud clapping noise. And when I woke up, I heard like somebody taking like a deliberately taking a chair and just going and pushing it across the floor. So that was my cue to get up and get out of there. And so that, that was the only thing that happened to me on that floor. Um Like, you know, other than like hearing when i would be in there working out and or or messing with the weights i would hear people running and jumping and moving on the 11th floor above me so that was you know that 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 was something that was really um yeah that was pretty messed up and uh, so that was that was my what happened to me on that floor now here's what happened folks this is really weird i was at that corner convenience store hanging out, talking to the, to the guy that worked there. Uh, he's a really cool guy. He was from, uh, not, not Tokyo, not Osaka. Um, it'll come to me in a minute. Kyoto. He was from Kyoto and we were sitting there talking and he was telling me about, you know, his life in Japan and why he ended up coming here and how he had gotten married and all this stuff. And, and while we're talking, he's outside smoking his cigarette we, something comes flying out of the building and crashes onto the pavement below. And we just hear this loud metal brick crash, asphalt thud. I don't know how to describe it. And we were like, what the heck? You know? So we walk over to, we walk up the steps over to the building to where it was at. And it was a 25 pound weight plate. That had been thrown out of the tenth floor of that building, and it was broken, and it had made a huge crack on the pavement. So I put it in the guard log that a weight plate had come flying out of the you know. This nobody ever questioned that. That's what was so weird. Like you know, you would think that the, the the property manager complained about when we weren't in the building for a certain amount of time and blah blah blah, but that was never even like.
1: Well, um, what do you expect? You don't want to – I mean, that's dangerously violent. Have a 25-pound <laughs> yeah. plate hurled at your head. Well, it didn't come at our heads. Well, it wasn't I know, but, near like, us. Yeah. but if you were in that room, it's a, possi- it's a possibility. Mm-hmm. You're in the uh, weight room.
0: And so I went up into the tower and, uh, you know, the guy was like, well, good luck. You know, he had to go back into his haunted convenience store. So – uh something's wrong with that spot because there is a, a notoriously haunted restaurant just right down the street from there and Nellie we've been in there and uh a, a friend of mine actually uh, bartends there, you know and uh so anyways you know there's something really wrong with that that whole place that whole that whole street that whole block because when I was working at this other building there that, that's where me and Scorpion saw some weird stuff happened, you know, where there was a guy that would, you know, that would walk around wearing a letterman jacket. Um, we saw a dog that would run and jump into a wall. Um just weird stuff, man. Something jumped in the back of my truck and that was at a different site, but literally on the same street, right down at the end of the block. So that whole area, there's something wrong.
1: It is a really eerie drive.
0: It's creepy when there. you drive by mm-hmm. there, yeah. It is. It's very creepy. The cleaning people, there was one cleaning lady that would go in there. Um, Usually she was finishing up by the time I was there, but sometimes she'd stay and she'd be in the building to one, you know. Um, If they had like a party or something going on, she had to go up there and it was just usually her. And then her husband, sometimes if it was like a special event or something, he'd come up there and he'd help out. He was cool. And I would talk to both of them. Um, He asked me one time, uh, if, cause his wife spoke very little English, he asked me if whenever she went to clean the mezzanine, if I could go with her, I didn't know what that was. I didn't realize that there was no 13th floor in this building. And there was a, because there was a little penthouse, then there was also what, what would have been the 13th floor was like a little mezzanine area that you could only get to through the stairwell. And it was like really small, like you had to duck down to get to move around in it. And there were it was just all these boxes and stuff. So the first time I went in there to help her when she started cleaning, when she started when she started doing the cleaning or whatever, because there was another cleaning lady that was there when I first started. She quit right after I got there. Then there was another one, and so this one was like I think the third one, and she stuck around for a little while. And uh, so when I would go in there, I, I started going in there to accompany her on her husband's request when I would see him on the weekend. His name was Pete, I believe. I think it was Pete. And, uh, so I went in there and, uh, it's hard to describe. Okay. The walls were cement and they were covered with like crayon drawings. And the crayon drawings were of monsters, and of people being eaten by monsters.
1: The heck they got going on in that? Okay. Floor.
0: So, so and here's what I'll tell you. Now, Lely, you've already heard, I've heard, you've mm-hmm. heard me tell you this before. I've told you a lot of this. <clears throat> the kid that, belo- that was the special needs kid of the owner would play in there and he would let him draw and color and whatever. And that's what he drew. That's what he would color. And this woman would have to go in there uh, two or three times a week to clean that. And I would, I would go in there with her because she was terrified of it. So, yeah, that was, and so I talked to Donnie about that and I was, he goes, man, I stay out of there. He goes, I don't, I won't go anywhere near that area because I went in there one time and the lights went out and I heard something run toward me and I just, ducked out you know and uh now here's the thing i found out that donnie was making about a dollar more per hour than me and zach was making a couple dollars more per hour than me because they had been there for so long so i was approaching i think i was there for four and a half months i I was you know and they said if i could stay until for six months i would probably get a dollar raise and there was no other spot in the company that was like that and that lady that was the property manager came in one day started ranting and raving about how dirty the you know or how much clutter there was in the control room and that was right around the time I quit started throwing stuff everywhere and ranting and raving and I and I and I told her I was like you know I said I'm sorry you know but you know this this job is very stressful and she goes you think I don't know that and I was like well you know it is and I didn't tell her your building is owned by satan. I didn't tell her that. Okay, cuz that would have been a bad that would have been bad decorum, but you know, I wanted to like, you know, tell her, "Lady, this is this place is messed up. This place should be shut down and condemned and and, you know, nuked." I didn't tell her that, but I felt like telling her that. So, I found out that she was well aware of the stuff that went on there, and that's why they paid a little more. And that we were like the eighth or ninth company that had been there, you know, in in however long time, or whatever it was, like ridiculous, you know. And that's why they had such a hard time keeping guards there, you know. And so, yeah, the convenience store was haunted. There was a lot of weird stuff that went on there. Um, you know, there there was one of the one of the things I read in the guard log was on the the 10th floor where the weight room was, which I, I stopped going in there because after I read this, that was it for me. Um, one of the guards had gone up there to do his rounds. He heard growling coming from the back corner of the weight room. Um, he saw what looked like red eyes in the corner and something lunged at him that didn't look human and so he got in the stairwell and ran down uh he did fill out an incident report for it and then quit so yeah that that was uh that was pretty unnerving i was sitting there going like okay that's great you know um it was just like a you know when stuff would go on it was like really going on like you knew it was going to be I had gotten to where I would just ignore things in the corner of my eye. I wore headphones to walk around the building, which isn't really that, it's not really very good security because you can't hear if something's really yeah. going on. But I was scared. And so I would hear my my, my, my name called, <clears throat> and I would hear it on different floors. Here's, here's an interesting thing I noticed. On certain floors, you would hear your name called in a very distinct voice. And you go to a different floor, and you would hear your name called in a different voice, but it was always that same voice. Does it make sense?
1: Wait, wait, wait. so what? each
0: floor had its own like oh okay. rhythm
1: or personality. Oh, because each one had had its own like voice that, sound that you heard consistently on that floor. Mm-hmm. Okay,
0: um, got lost and got disoriented a couple times on the eleventh floor. Uh, that place was really a nightmare. Here's one of the most terrifying, if not the most terrifying thing that ever happened to me there. And this is when I finally quit. I couldn't take it anymore. But that wasn't even the end of it. Even after I quit, it wasn't the end. I'll tell you what happened. I was on the, tw- uh, the not the 12th floor. I think it was the ninth floor. It was either the ninth floor or the 12th floor. And uh, there was a break room. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm t- I'm totally sorry. This this was I think the four the 14th floor. Um, I was there was a break room, and it was like uh like when you walk in, it's all lit up, you know. And and that and that side of the building wasn't like anything particularly scary, and it was one of the places where I would go and I would kick back and I would read magazines and stuff and just kind of chill and waste time. And I went in there one night about 2 a.m. and the cleaning lady was in there. And and she said, hola. And I said, hey, hey, how's it going? Whatever. And she went back into the galley area where there was like, you know, a little kitchen and there was like snacks and stuff. And uh, she was, she, she grabbed, I remember, I remember her grabbing like a thing with like some cookies or something and then going into the utility closet where she had like the mop and stuff. And I saw her moving around and I was listening to my headphones and, I was like, she's here late, but that's, you know, that's that's weird, you know. I didn't notice it on the computer that she was there. Um, so then I, start, I stopped and I started thinking about it. But, I mean, obviously it was her. She was standing right there. It wasn't like some sort of weird apparition or something. Um, at least I didn't think it was. I didn't think it was a trick. And so I was just there, you know, um, while she was moving around and doing whatever she was doing. And I had seen her grab a snack from the galley. So I got up to start to go toward the galley and I noticed the door to the utility closet was part, and Nellie, you already know what I'm going to talk about. Uh, it was partway open. Uh, it wasn't closed all the way. It was like, you could see into it. And I saw furry arms, furry legs, and I thought, what is that? And it was moving around, and it had like like a mop. And when I saw it move back toward the door, I saw what clearly looked like a wolf's head. And this was inside the utility closet? Mm-hmm. And so what was the cleaning lady was this werewolf-looking creature that I saw when I was 15 years old on Halloween. Now, there's no doubt in my mind, and people listening at home are going like, what? Okay, let me explain this to you folks. I might have, and I've talked about this, I think, on the show once before. There's no doubt in my mind that that was not the same thing I saw when I was 15. Even if the thing that I saw when I was 15, even if it was a demon or spirit of some kind, um, this wasn't the same thing. What this thing was to me, what I think it was. And I didn't even think about it at the moment. I just ran out of there. I just, just booked. I mean, I was getting ready to walk to the galley to grab a Jello, Okay. And I saw that and I stopped dead in my tracks and I saw it walking back and forth and it was making sure that I saw it. And I ran back out and I felt like something was chasing me, but I couldn't see anything. And I ran down the stairwells literally all the way from the top. I ran down every stairwell. I just was, was terrified. Uh, <clears throat> there was no doubt in my mind what that, what that was, was something that knew what had happened to me a few years earlier and that that was a very terrifying thing for me. And it was m- mimicking it to scare me. <clears throat> <Yeah. clears throat> That's what that was. That's the conclusion that I came to. The dreams at this point had gotten worse and more frequent, waking up sweating. Um, the girl that I was dating at the time, she was like, you need to quit that job. You know, this is, this is crazy. Uh, calls coming from that building, you know, to her apartment, you know, um, my mom, my mom's house, getting phone calls. Um, my friends, you know, uh, I'd hang out at my friend's house and we were on my night off and we're sitting there playing Nintendo or whatever. And we get a call from that building, you know, and I know it wasn't the guards that were working up there. I mean, I'd gone up there many times and they weren't, it wasn't them. Um, it happened to them too. Some of them, Uh, Donnie quit. I believe he quit like right. Right before I did, he quit one day and just never came back. And uh, I ran into him at another post, you know, later on at another company. And he was like, dude, he goes, I did my best to just try to ignore that. He goes, I had a wife and a kid at the time and I needed to, I needed the job. He's like, but as soon as I got a better spot, I was out. Yeah, so he quit. Uh, I think Zach eventually quit a few months after I did. He lasted a long time there. I was shocked. I couldn't believe how long he worked there. And uh, I'd see him downtown sometimes over the years. And uh, we would be at the club. He'd come by the club and we'd talk. And he would tell my bouncers and stuff about that place and, you know, regale them with stories of horror. And uh, he had some pretty crazy stories too. Um, he saw what the people there called the witch – his witch story was, was, was crazy. He had fallen asleep in the control room during a double and he woke up <clears throat> feeling like something was touching him like softly, you know, and he thought it was, he was dreaming of this really pretty girl. And, uh, this is what actually made him quit. And he opened his eyes and there was this weird-looking hag thing with pointy ears and a weird pointy nose and was, like, licking his face. So, yeah, that that was it for him. He said it had, like, bluish-greenish skin with, like, sores on it, and it was laughing, and it had, like, stringy hair, and it, and it was, like, basically holding him down, and he opened his eyes and opened them, closed them, opened them, closed them. She wasn't going away. And then eventually... And see, and that was what really got me was because nothing ever happened in the control room. Like, it was like a sanctuary spot. Yeah. But when that happened, I guess that was like it for him. He was like, okay, now it's coming into the, you know, and when you would walk out of the, when you would walk out of the control room and you would go into the area where the snack machines were, you would hear something whistle at you like every time. And it would come from the hallway going into the little lunchroom area and it would whistle like, like, and you're just like, dude, and you got so used to it. Once you start getting used to this insanity, you're just like, dude, this is crazy, dude. I mean, this is like, you know, it gets to the point where I started to think I was crazy. But if it wasn't happening to all the other people, no. I would have just thought I'm out of my freaking mind, you know?
1: How did he get away from the hag?
0: I just, it just disappeared. It just vanished. It was just off of him. And then he got up and walked out and s- sat in his car for the duration of his shift out in the cage and then took off. This building's got it all going on. hmm And uh, Tony, you know, my buddy Tony, he worked there. And then my friend Chad worked there. And one of my other friends worked there. And they all were just like, it's terrible. You know? My one friend who I'll call him Eric. Because he doesn't even want people to—he's very scared. When I told him I was going to do the show, Um, you know, he's an old friend of mine. Uh, He was saying that he didn't want his name even being associated with that place because it—you know—he's very superstitious. So I I worked with him downtown for a little while too, and he's Native American, and so he went there and he—he tried to sage, uh, you know, in certain spots. And, um, claims that something attacked him, <clears throat> like literally choked him.
1: Yeah. Sometimes it just irritates. Yeah. You know, just, yeah. You know, just aggravates it and makes it even worse. hmm. The, um,
0: the, the witch hag thingy, that was pretty terrifying. I never saw that. Um, never, I never had to deal with that thing. Goodness. Many people told me though that the woman that I saw on the 10th and 11th floors uh or the tw- 11th and 12th floors where it was the hag and that that was her human form. And I had people tell me that. Um now I don't know if that's true. But uh my buddy that worked there uh he was walking up the stairs cuz on the 11th floor there was like uh like like a regular floor. Then it kind of went up and there was like, almost like a little, like a little balcony looking thing. I don't know how to describe it, but anyway, he walked up to that. And he, this thing, this woman said, Hey, he turned around, he saw a woman wearing a flower powder pattern dress. just like I saw. And she was like, she's like, come here. I need to talk to you. And he was all like, he, he was looking at her and he said that the one side of her face was like kind of melting like melted looking like it was Gross. like it was coming apart and he said that it was weird like her head looked kind of pixelated and he was like what the heck and so she said come here i'm talking to you and so her voice started to change and he was like dude he goes this thing was like melting so he just like ran into one of the offices and hid in there you know and so yeah and the, and the funny thing is there's a lot of buildings downtown that are haunted i know that there's Two others that in particular, um, that I worked at, that one of them I didn't know was supposed to be haunted, and they people see this giant face that that appears, and then sometimes it like it follows people around and it cries and stuff. Uh. Um, yeah, that's supposedly in one of the buildings. I don't know if I should say the name of it, but
1: no telling what those Freemasons were doing up in that clubhouse. Exactly, that's what I was wondering. Stuff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean,
0: and I'm not we're not we're not attacking Freemasons. I'm just saying that the, the there's there was a club there that supposedly a lot of weird stuff went on.
1: I mean, like Freemasons or not, well, whatever they are, when it comes to groups of uh like high level elite people getting together and having these little secret clubs that they tend to do very dark, evil things together.
0: Yeah, and the um uh, the state capitol supposedly is haunted. I've heard people saying that there's a black cat. Just like Washington, DC. They claim that there's a black cat that that, that stalks the halls uh in Washington, DC. Same thing here in our state capitol, but this black cat there's there's a building I worked at right across the street from that. And in that building that there were reports of a black cat that there was a guy I used to work work with, and he was from Pakistan. And he was always like, "My friend, this place it has gin. You know, there's a black cat, and and he claimed to have seen it in in one of the little, you know, it was like a little uh, area. It was almost like a courtroom, because that building used to uh, serve as like a like a clerk's o- county clerk's office, or something, or city clerks. I don't I don't know what it was, but it had like a little courtroom looking thing." and i always felt uncomfortable in there and he claimed that when he went in there one time that he saw something that was he saw yellow eyes and this cat-looking thing came came just kind of jumping out of the out of, out of the darkness and that building isn't very far from this building so yeah and and so this building that i was at had all this weird stuff going on and here's what happened i quit I told them I wanted another job, so they said, "Okay, give us a few days." We'll have to. So I was going to miss about a paycheck, but I was like, "You know what? I'll eat ramen till I can figure it out." You know. Um, ended up going to another building, which was haunted. Uh, I can get into that one day, and it's not nearly as long and drawn out, and there's not as much detail to talk about. Had a couple few incidents there, but nothing like this place. And the good thing about that building was that I worked with two other guards and they weren't always with me but we'd hang out and so stuff we weren't supposed to stay together but we would um and there and there were a couple things that happened there you know uh, but uh that's for another time this building to close this story out i ended up um in my apartment um right after i'd quit and uh i had this one of these nightmares and i dreamed of that man with the nasty teeth, with the weird looking, you know, hat. And he was in my bedroom. And I had a roommate at that time. And uh, he moved out because he kept saying that that he would see a man in his bedroom at the foot of the bed that was really tall that had a weird looking hat. And he would see like him in the darkness. He could see him. Yeah. And when he would describe him, I'm going like, that's the same guy that I keep seeing in my dreams and stuff, you know. And so he, he moved out, but once I moved out of, once I quit that job and I, and then I moved out of that apartment, that, that roommate, he came back and he ended up being my roommate for like almost a year. He was a pretty good guy. He was an older guy and he was from Mexico and uh, he was actually Oscar's stepdad, (laughs) my friend Oscar that we were talking about earlier. Uh, And so he ended up uh, uh, moving back in or whatever, you know, once I got a different apartment and we moved out of that apartment. So here's what happened. <clears throat> and as as hard as this is to believe, folks, this is what happened to me. I'm going to tell you this is what happened to me. And you believe it or not, I woke up uh to this guy like exploding. Okay, like he blew up in a bunch of blackbirds, okay, like were flying around my room. Okay, now this is the dream. Yeah. So I wake up. And there were no blackbirds in my room, but it was cold and I heard birds like in my apartment. So I get up out of bed and I walk into the living room and there are blackbirds, not like a horde of them, not like a big old, like a murder of crows or anything, but there were a few of them like jumping around in my living room and my front door was wide open. So, I grabbed a broom and I kind of shoot them and they all just flew out. Um and that was it for me. Um that was the last, you know, of that I didn't do, you know, I was that was it. I mean, I just um a lot of praying and a lot of uh soul searching, I guess you could say, and and I just was like this is this is crazy. I I do I do believe that working in that place did kind of lead me down a darker road because after that I took jobs that were more geared toward you know violence and things like that because I didn't want to I didn't want to be in a position where I had to work in a place like that I'd rather be out there in the street fighting with people than having to deal with that I mean because you know it ain't fun being alone in a big scary building.
1: With a man, at least you can, you know, hit them, hit them back.
0: Mm-hmm. And people say like, oh, you know, you're not afraid to do this and do that, but you're afraid of ghosts. Yeah, because certain ghosts, anyway, spirits, whatever you want to call them, they don't fight fair. Um, now, when you're on their plane of existence, it might be a different story. But, you know, when you're phys- in the physical plane and they're manifesting themselves as physical, they can pop in and out of the physical world and there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, you know all you can do is just put it like they say, put on the armor of God and uh pray and um it's uh it's a scary thing, you know what i mean it's it that that this is what happened to me folks now it it's intense for me to talk about um I talked about the things that happened to me in my house you know in the first few episodes of this program, and after all that, it was just like I did not have the i just didn't feel like visiting this and talking about all these things, for one, you know, I don't have as many people that can verify what went on and what happened to me. And so I was kind of apprehensive about that. And another thing is that it's emotionally taxing, it's draining, it's physically and mentally and spiritually draining to relive these things and to talk about these things and to go through this because you're literally reliving it. And so I just I, it's it's been a long time coming but after 120 episodes of my re- of the regular show and 15 live streams I figured you know what it's time to just talk about this and get it out there. Um there's a lot of other stuff I could talk about, a lot of other people's stories I could tell, a lot of other material to go through. But uh this is what happened to me there. And uh now you guys have that story and you know so, <clears throat> any questions from you, Nelly, or Anthony?
1: Did you ever find out more about uh, the history of that building? Was I that did
0: killer? some, and I I don't know that I can really talk about that on this show. Oh, okay. Um, the guy that that made that building, that had it built or whatever, he. Had, uh, like there was some weird stuff that was attached to him. The rumors, the rumors flew, you know. I mean, there were rumors, you know, there was supposedly people buried in the walls and things like that. And I don't know if any of that's true or any, you know, I don't know anything about, you know, I just I know that I know a lot of the history of that, but I don't want to say too much, you know, because I don't
1: it's best if it's just left, yeah. It could also just it could also be related just to that area, the land itself, rather than that particular building. Mm -hmm. Well, you having
0: been by there, both of y'all, Nellie's already said, like, how creepy it is. We went to the parking garage one day, uh, and you were, like, uncomfortable just being in that parking garage. Mm -hmm. Now, Anthony, you've been by there multiple times. You know exactly where it's at and what it is. Yeah. How do you feel when you're around it?
1: I've never been really good at, at picking up on, on, uh, whenever a place is uh i don't know like paranormal or supernatural i've never been inside that building uh that we're talking about tonight i've only been by it briefly briefly driven by it so i mean i i can't say that i've felt anything from it i've never spent any time in it when you drive by it kind of feels like the building's watching you it does Mm -hmm. and if you ever notice one of the
0: protocol there was that you had to turn off all the lights when you would leave any of the any of the rooms, mm-hmm. and I would frequently go down to the convenience store and I would look up and you would see lights on. Lights turn on too while you're watching it.
1: Yeah, I don't like looking up because I'm afraid I'm going to see something in the window.
0: And you know, there's nothing there. Oh, I've I saw that too i w- I've, a couple of times I thought I saw people looking at me outside of the windows and and the guys that were working at the convenience store said the same thing. they would be like, Dude, it looks like somebody's looking out, you know, and they would know that it's not the security guard, you know um I don't know i I, I still to this day like i'll I'll look and sometimes I'll see lights on and you can see into the building and then there's been a couple of times like one time I was with d and uh scorpion and we were actually <laughs> okay nelly we were at a r- place in the drive-thru the other day and you were like does mm-hmm. it bother you that that building's there? okay we were at the what was the wendy's at one time and we me scorpion d were there and we were while we were sitting there one of the lights at the top of the building came on we were all looking up at it and d was all like dude that light just came on i was like wow I mean and you and it was like three in the morning, so you're going like uh you know, there's it's probably not gonna be a uh a cleaning person or the security guard. It's probably something weird. And uh and you know, so it was pretty peaceful though at the top of that building when I would go up there and I would sit on the ledge and, and I was braver, I guess, back then. I would look down over the side of it. And uh, I don't know how I did it, being afraid of heights. It was like I wasn't even – there was so much weirdness in that place I didn't even care, I guess. And I would go up there and I would read books. And I would just put on my headphones and try not to think about it. But, uh yeah, you know, folks, I guess that's it. Um, are we at the hour mark? Yeah. 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 So that's all I had to talk about for that place. And so hopefully it doesn't give you nightmares. So from PRT, everybody here at uh, Paranormal Roundtable, good night. Good night. Good night.